0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Beef and Lamb New Zealand's Seen and Heard podcast. Uh, this week an update on a project, hopefully you've, you've seen a wee bit of it, you've read the article on our website or you've seen it in, in your social media feed, wherever you, you may get your social media updates. It's about meet the need, meet with an E-A-T, um, farmers feeding New Zealanders. I'm joined today by the two principals, uh, Wayne Langford, um, and Siobhan O'Malley. So I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. We'll put the link down in the blurb to the article, to the website, and so on. But um, yeah, interesting way for sheep and, and beef meat, sheep meat and beef farmers to um, support other New Zealanders with some of our wonderful products. So. Um, Siobhan we've had a wee bit of audio issue with you so I'll start with you while I think you're still all connected. Do um, you want to just give us a background who you are and I guess um, we'll get Wayne to introduce himself in a minute but you're first so you get to talk a wee bit about the, where the project came from but first yeah just um, what you're doing in the real world.
1: In the real world. Oh thanks for having us. Um, I started my professional life studying classical studies and Latin language and doing a bit of high school teaching but my husband and I decided to go dairy farming. And so we have been shear milkers, shifting about all lots of different places in the South Island. Um, and in 2017, we were fortunate enough to win the national title for Shear Farmer of the Year through the Dairy Industry Award. Um, the past 18 months, we've actually been farming hops and beef in the beautiful Tasman. And on the 1st of June this year, we're headed to the West Coast to go back to herd owning 50-50 share milking so that's what I do uh, most days.
0: Okay a fair bit of variety I don't think I've had a hop farmer on the um, on the podcast before I've had a few hops consumers in product consumers so <laughs> I mean, I'm right in <laughs> assuming that um, the, the hops is for the beer brewing industry
1: Yes that's right and you're welcome
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure so I mean, is has that uh, is there always been a hop industry in New Zealand, or is that something that's grown with sort of the growth of craft beer or something? Or, and for New Zealand beers, are most of them um, New Zealand-grown hops? This isn't on the topic, but it's yeah, interesting that yeah, you Yeah, heard. no,
1: sure. Um, so the hop farm that we work on has been a hop farm for approximately 90 years. So uh, in the Motueka Valley region and um, growing in the region, region is uh, a lot of hops. Um, we're seeing a massive expansion at the moment, which is, Resulting from the craft beer industry, but hops have been grown in New Zealand for a very long time. Um, they only do well in very specific climates, and that's why you see a lot in the Tasman mm-hmm. area, but not all over New Zealand.
0: So, and your, your big brands of beer in New Zealand, you know, Spates, DB, um, Tui, sort of, do, do they use New Zealand grown hops or do they import hops or is it a. How does the industry work?
1: Uh, look, it's a real mixture. So um, okay. New, Ze- New Zealand hops are mainly supplied to uh, There's a few different brands, but there's a NZ Hops co-op that our hops go to. And um, international brands and New Zealand brands all buy from the NZ Hops co-op. And um, so it's both an export product and it's consumed in New Zealand. But it's a bit of a, um, a tricky one because every brewer has their own recipes, right? Yep. So on our farm, we grow 11 different varieties of hops. And in mm-hmm. New Zealand, we can grow hops that they can't grow in other countries. Uh, and also we grow in a different season to, say, the US and the European growers. So we can fill a, fill the gaps for those um, US brewers, for example.
0: Okay. Now, there's a lot more to it than you might guess. I, a good friend's a, a winemaker, and he's um, corrected me numerous times about just how much more goes into wine growing and all the varieties than, than you probably appreciate. So interesting to hear the same on the beer side of things. So, look, we yeah. better introduce our other... The other speaker. So, Wayne, um, how about, yeah, same, I guess. What do you do in the real world when you're not uh, involved with this program?
2: Yeah, hey, Aaron. It's um, great to be on the show, and, and thanks. I, I have actually uh, listened to many of your uh, podcasts. I'm an avid, avid listener, big fan of um, Dr. Derek Moot and all his um, lucerne, lucerne tales. So um, uh, we grow a bit of lucerne here on my, my dairy farm. We're a dairy, uh, on a dairy farm here in Golden Bay, uh, milking roughly 250 cows, and uh and yeah kind of grown up, up here all my life and uh headed to uh lincoln and 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 found myself a wife and and then um eventually settled down here so uh, I've also got a role with uh, federated farmers on the on the national dairy executive and uh and kind of get around the place a bit more as well so so that, that's me
0: Brilliant. I, will, I will <laughs> think I'll appreciate the compliment and I imagine Derek will appreciate it even more because I know he listens avidly to these things as well um Hey, look, uh, that's the sort of the background. Now, I'm not sure which one of you or you want to do as a tag team. Um, Tell us about Meet the Knee. What the 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 basic concept is and um, how you came up with it.
1: Started with you, Wayne. So you should tell the start of the story.
2: (laughs) Righto. Well, I um I started on a journey roughly uh, three years ago. I'd had a few uh, mental health issues and whatnot, and had been battling away a bit on farm, and. and as part of that, I, I, I um, challenged myself to, uh, to do something to say that I'd lived uh, mm-hmm. a day for 365 days. And, uh, and long story short, once we got to the end of 365 days, I, we, we were, uh, you know, it had effectively changed our lives so much as a, not only me personally, but my family. And, um, and we decided to, to carry this on. Um, I, I became the, the YOLO farmer, you only live once. Um, and uh, and created a, a bit of a following on on social media and whatnot uh, there. So uh, one of my challenges one day I, I ended up dropping off some uh, mints to the local food bank in, in Golden Bay, Antarctica, and uh, a couple of bags and, and thinking it would last them um, last them a few days and, and that'd be it. Um, and I was uh, pretty astonished when when uh, the lady there told me that it would last them probably two months or so and. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I so say, I couldn't really. kind of the next morning when I was milking um, cows, I kind of thought, well, if I if I supplied a, a beast uh, to the food bank, you know, that that would last the last the food bank all year. And uh, and what's more, I've got, you know, we've got 140 odd farms in Golden Bay. You know, if I supplied one beast in my lifetime, then uh, and everyone else did the same, then you know, really, no one should go hungry. And. uh and uh, yeah, like I said, the, the idea just kind of grew from there. What would what would it take to feed Nelson, and what would it take to feed Christchurch and the South Island, and eventually New Zealand? And um, i banded this idea around in my head for for a few months, and then uh, have, happened to be at a, um, a, a on a working group with Siobhan, and uh, and I pitched the idea to her, and um, yeah, and she she jumped all over it and fell in love with it really. So yeah, um, uh, we we. Um, we're, we're a couple of, I guess, young entrepreneurs. We'll call ourselves, and uh, and we we wrote down our ten best ideas on a piece of paper, and uh, and meet the need uh, kind of clearly uh, set at the top of those those ideas, and uh, and so uh, yeah, we went from there. Um, Siobhan, what what happened next? Uh,
1: yeah, so we kind of um, I think it appealed to both of us because we could do it at scale. Like straight away, we could that we could help a lot of people really quickly and I guess having been a dairy farmer and, a, and on the beef side little I'd been involved um, with the IHC calf scheme in terms of giving a calf every year to that scheme um, and some of those schemes are getting difficult because of mycoplasma bovis so we really tested our idea in lots of different directions You know, how can this work, how can we make it easy and then we basically went shopping and pitched all over New Zealand to different red meat processes um, Wayne was really quickly picked up by um, Silverfern Farms, who are our uh, founding partner with us. And that gave it real legs because it meant we could go nationwide straight away. Straight away, we could get sheep, cattle, as well as deer. Uh, and all those things could be turned into um, beautiful, nutritious, export quality mints. Uh, so we also spoke to the food banks, and that was a huge part of it. We needed to be able to work out what they actually wanted. You know, it can't just be what we think they need. They don't no. actually want eggs. They don't want lamb racks. They want mince. It's versatile, and, and families can eat it really easily and cook with it. Um, so we we tried to, I guess, make it bulletproof, and then make it simple for farmers and simple for the food banks. So. Um, One of my key focuses was just helping the food banks get a regular supply. So that's one of our main, I guess, non-negotiables is that we don't go and start supplying a food bank until we know we can supply them regularly for a long period Mm -hmm. um, because we want them to have predictable food coming in that they can plan around and then plan their other resources around. Okay, we know we've got the mints coming in. You know, what else can we buy? How can we redeploy the money? That we were spending on mints and, and provide something better for the families that they're helping. So, those are kind of yep. our, our big focuses.
0: Yep. So, I just want to come back to your you sort of, um, I guess the where it all sprung from there. I mean, was that just some home-kill mints you'd taken down to the <laughs> to the uh, food bank or? Yeah. It? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah,
2: unfortunately, we had a, had a um, we had a heifer break its leg and, and then had another one that, that couldn't go as well and and so. Uh, you know, even though I've got three boys, um, that saw it, uh, two heifers is a is a heck of a lot of mince and sausages. So, um, so yeah, no, that's just just where it came from. And and I'd originally thought, I thought, oh, you know, maybe we could get the home kill butchers to do this, um, you know, get the young farmers to to bag it up and uh, and whatnot, and then, uh, but you know, eventually we we saw the kind of the scale of this, and uh, and with food safety and that sort of thing um, tied in, uh, we were going to have to do something else. So, yeah. So no, nah, pretty pretty um pretty stoked to to have um you know the guys from uh, Silver Fern you know jump on board um
0: and and
2: and just kind of see the vision uh, that we saw as well was was pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was reasonably surprised too. That was quite surprising to, and I guess it's a good opportunity there in that how long an amount of mints would last. Like you say, um, you know, the amount you took in, that they were saying it would last a fairly long time. That amount of mints was it. That sort of a surprise to you? Yeah, it definitely was, and, and so, and, and we've actually found
2: that since, as, as we've been doing our research in terms of our volumes that have been needed and whatnot. So, particularly in our in our rural towns, which you know a lot of our farmers are wanting to support, uh, you know, it's not taking a it's not taking a large amount of um, of minutes, to, you know, to keep them going. Um, but some some of our urban centres, obviously, um, uh, you know, that, that's that's where there's a big hole there to to, to plug. And uh and and it'll take a bit more bit more of a challenge, but um hey, we're up to that and um you know, that's that's what we do. So so looking forward to the challenge really.
1: That was one of the exciting things about it too, was that when we started to you know find out what the demand was from these food banks and put some numbers on it, that it they weren't impossible targets to get people to donate these numbers of animals that were required to actually meet the need. And, you know, when we're trying to fill a an gap and trying to of life and what what these two banks need and it's doable and that was really exciting that we were like you know what in the context of how many animals are killed every year in New Zealand well 2,000 animals is actually not that many although it's obviously you've got to convince 2,000 farmers to to donate and that's a challenge but you know in the context of how many animals we mm. actually produce and process every year it's it's doable
0: yeah so look I we've sort of uh, I think we've in essence given people the idea of what it is, but we probably should have done that better at the start. which one of you wants to explain exactly how this works what the what the process is it's getting meat or mints ultimately to, to food banks or to others just food banks or is it to other output but, but how does it work from the you know from the farm to the food bank I guess the the chain what's the process? Hi oh, Siobhan, I think you've got that one you the details girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's that my really role well here is uh, details and form me out. That's my key key skills. Um, so <laughs> I think are in the online on our website, which is uh, and fill a form on there saying they would like to donate livestock. And you can donate one sheep if you want to. It's just how, whatever you can afford when you can afford it, and when it seasonally works for you. Uh, we pass those details to your local Silver Fern farm rep. Uh, and if you already have a relationship with that Silver Fern farm rep, you can call them direct as well, and they organise the pickup. And that animal comes processed. At that point, meet the Need gets uh, the value of that animal into our effectively our meat bank account. Mm-hmm. Or we can then draw it down um, by buying red, uh, sorry by being buying beef mints from Silver Fern Farms at cost or below cost sometimes, depending on our deal at the time um, <laughs> um, and yeah and then we also use the Doverpen farms distribution network to get that meat out to the food banks in regular amounts.
0: as easy as that. So it's um in product is just beef mince even if you donate a sheep uh, you know it's it's not the actual animal you donate that necessarily goes to the food bank it's the equivalent thereof and but it's only beef mince at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah at, you know, at the moment. Yeah, so I guess one of the benefits of that, Maren, um, is that you know people can donate from all over the country, but yeah. uh, Silver Ferns are using their their tech power plant to to do the processing, and uh, and so they can put out a large volume in a very short short space of time, which yeah. means that the processing yeah. is is really efficient, and we save a lot of costs by doing you know doing you know for example five ton a day for example mm. at a one site. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so no, so that's the the benefit of there. Um, you know, in time we may look at other cuts and and um, and that sort of thing. But but just at the moment, uh, yeah, uh, beef mince is really successful for us. So. Yeah.
0: Well, it's actually a compounding effect there, I guess, because you know, an animal's value. There's a lot more. The value of an animal will buy a lot more mints than just the carcass weight alone. Effectively, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and the key point in there too, if you sign up to this, it's not like, you know, a lot of other sponsorships, it's ad hoc, you can put an animal in whenever you like, you're not signing up to do a sheep a month or a cattle beast a year or anything like that, it's just as and when people can can donate.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, and obviously, you know, we, we're well aware, for example, that this year in the North Island, there's been really horrible droughts, and mm-hmm. for those farmers this year, giving an animal that probably seems like, you know, that's a bit too much for them. Um, and, hey, that's, fair enough, that's farming. Um, but in another year when things are going better and, hey, you've got an extra heifer that's empty or um, some, some extra steer or whatever it is, then, hey, we'd love to have that and be able to pass that on to families that really need it. So
2: Yeah,
0: yeah
2: sorry. Yeah, could, oh, I was just saying, we kind of looked at the numbers and thought, hey, if, if, if we could get 30% of farmers to buy into this scheme, then, then those farmers would only have to contribute once every three or four years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, uh, and if, if that's, that's that's fantastic, you know, if we can feed New Zealand from, from that kind of input, then um, what's better than that, I reckon.
0: So, the, and the way it works too, just drilling it, I mean, that smooths out seasonal supply and demand and so on for you guys. You are getting the the equivalent in, in the, the meat bank, I think uh, Siobhan's term was. Oh. But you yeah. draw out of those, so you're not certainly having to deal with a glass of product because everybody's lambs are ready at one point. Spread it over the year, you can just you, that lets you smooth out your delivery to the to the end users.
1: Well, exactly. They've only got so much freezer space, mm-hmm. uh, and they've also only got so much demand. So uh, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. So yeah. let the farmers donate when it's seasonally appropriate, yeah. and it also lets us, yeah, uh, you know, send that food out to the food banks in smaller amounts that they yeah. can actually be safely.
2: And if you can, if you think about it, the food banks, you know they they've only got so much refrigeration or freezer space as well, um, yep. so it works well for them rather than having a big beast come in all at once. Yeah.
0: So, so is it, is, is it just food banks you, you you're dealing with? And are food banks like a uh, sort of well organized? Is there a central union or association of food banks or something like that? I mean, it's been what's like dealing with it that in. I mean, we know all these food banks all over the place. Is it one certain yeah. group of them you're dealing with, or all of them? How does that work? uh so we've got a
2: um we've we've got a a button on our website that uh people can push if, if they're if they're needing donations or they know a food bank that might may need some help and so okay. we're kind of uh we're we're collating all all of the food banks that are getting in touch with and working out how we can uh, best suit, uh meet the need and and in fitting um, in, into what they're doing um just in the in the short term we are working pretty heavily with um with the salvation Army. Uh, and uh, for example our first lot of mints went into the Christchurch City mission uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Christchurch City mission have been fantastic uh, throughout this whole process uh, just helping us with their numbers and helping us with, with what we what we might need and how you know how it should uh, how's the best way for it to look and that sort of thing as well so um, you know I really love those people when you walk into a room and you present an idea that they say you know yes Rather than no, you know, as the first answer, and, and, yeah. and you can work on yeah. problems from there. So, um, awesome. Yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah.
1: that for us, yeah.
2: and that's uh, well,
0: been
2: a huge, huge help. Yeah.
1: Sure. So, just to add to that, is that, um, what we have found from dealing with the food banks is that they are highly organized, and we didn't want to invite a whole new agency to give out this to that, give out this meat. You know, there are community organizations like food banks that know who the people in need are and make sure it gets to those that really need it as a priority. Um, We've had a few questions from farmers about, you know, how are you deciding who gets this meat? Well, we're not really. We're a supply chain. We're a charitable supply chain, and we're supplying to community organizations that are reputable, that are already running, that can provide us with real data about who they supply and how many, Mm -hmm. and um, and we sort of let them do their thing. Yep.
0: So um, when did you go live? When did this start? Actually, start putting meat into the and in through the suppliers and, and then out to the food banks. Yeah, so we we
2: launched um, just just uh, about a month ago. Actually, it's seventeenth. And say, right, The, um, yeah. well, <laughs> the details. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> too big on <laughs> it. <don't. Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah.
1: launched yeah. Yeah. on the nineteenth of April, but um, we had done a, a what we call it, a silent pilot. Yeah. To make sure we could deliver, I think we first actually got in some donated meat product to start the ball rolling, which was awesome. And so we used that product to just test our systems, make sure that we could deliver to the food what we had been promising, and um, and that started slightly before that. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. So. Um... <laughs>
2: So she's she's pretty good on the details as you can see. <laughs> well, we um, yeah, that's cool. So so like so, we've been in roughly four weeks now. Uh, at the end of this week, uh, which is which is mid May, oh, I'm not sure when this podcast. Yeah, for the end of this week, um, you know, we'll be in uh, around 35 locations across the South Island, uh, oh, yeah. which is about 50, right. a bit over 55 food banks. Um, yes, we're definitely coming to the North Island, and, and we'll be there within the next, next couple of weeks as well. We're just, again, collating that data of just where's most um, or best place to put it at the moment.
0: So we're you're a month in, and sounds like it is is going already getting buses or, or taking off, and the expansions on the horizon. But how's it going in terms of your targets, and how's it going your supply and demand? Have you got more people wanting it than than you've got supply of animals, or more animals supplied than people wanting it? How's that all? How's it going against your targets? I guess.
2: Yeah, well, originally, um, you know, when we were looking at this, it was pre, pre-COVID, pre you know, we've been working on this for a year. And uh, and, and, then, and then COVID hit and it pretty much quadrupled our, our, our targets, uh, which didn't make things very easy. So uh, long story short, yeah, um, uh, you know, we're, there's definitely more demand than what we have at the moment. But, but I'm saying that the farmers have been uh, very generous so far and there's some, some good numbers of animals coming in. Um, and like I say, that's given us the ability to get mints out so quickly. So, so, uh, so that's great. Um, but yeah, um, we're just hoping that they keep keep rolling in, and and we can keep um, you know pushing the mints out like like we're hoping, and, and keep this kind of regular supply going would be would be fantastic. But no, I'm pretty happy with the was the way it's all gone right from the start. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Any. Uh, I mean you're getting feedback from the the feed banks or the people who are using the feedbank service in terms of how it's gone. I mean, um, do they have they I am just thinking, you know, typical marketing stuff, uh, people the audience they like beef mints, they're familiar with it, they're they're keen to see more or, or how's that all working out? Yeah, no,
2: definitely um definitely big big fans of um uh yeah, big big fans of the mints. Obviously it's yeah. just so hard for them to get you know such yeah. a can be quite an expensive product and uh and it's not normally something that uh one thing that I've said is uh it's fantastic because mints then creates a full a full meal and yeah. that meal means that that a family then uh more often than not will sit down and have it together mm-hmm. and they will talk and discuss and whatnot as a family and uh and that you know that you know that's one of the other benefits it's it's pretty special from that point of view um it's also it's also so uh, nutritious, obviously. The nutrient value is so high. It's a form of protein and, um, and you know, so compared to a meal of, of uh, two-minute noodles or the such, then it's, you know, it's, it's far better um, and, and particularly for the family as well. Um, so, yeah, no, the feedback's been pretty good. Um, you know, we've got some cool stories to tell around that but, you know, our, our focus just at the moment is is actually getting the mints out there, you know, the stories will come I think um, Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, just, we're just talking about getting it done just at the moment, yeah, because there's a big big demand
0: No, um, coming out of six weeks of lockdown, I know um, the th- other thing with mints is it's great for kids not just to eat but to, to cook and play around with our three have certainly been um, whipping up a few dishes and they've all been mince-based because it's not impossible but it is hard to go wrong when you're, you're cooking mince, so yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey, look. Um, just the uh, other thing, Silver Fern Farms are obviously your partner. I've got that system working. Sounds like it's working pretty well. But that certainly, you don't have to be a Silver Fern Farm shareholder or a supplier to be involved. It doesn't matter who you supply. You can get in touch with Silver Fern, and, and they'll, the, the, the stock will, can come from anywhere. They'll sort that out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So you can do. We don't expect you to suddenly switch all your supplier to Silver Fern Farms, and neither do they. Um, so, you can just do a one off supply, which includes your Meet the Need donation to Silverfin Farms, um, just for that exact point. Or if, as I know is the case, some people just cannot possibly consider supplying any other meat processor, that's cool. We're okay with that too. We're farmers, we get it. So, we have on our website the option of donating a virtual animal mm-hmm. or a specified donation amount. So, let's say you're supplying ANSCO or Alliance. You can send your animal to them and then look at your um, record that you get back from them and, you know, uh, donate the amount of money that you received for that animal. Um, and, and effectively, that all goes into our meat bank account anyway. So we can use that to buy them.
0: Awesome. No, I'm, I'm glad you you discussed that, Siobhan, because I couldn't possibly comment, of course, coming from Beefland New Zealand, but uh, I have heard <laughs> there is a little bit of that um, healthy competition out there in the meat industry between the, the cooperatives and the other companies. <laughs> Hey, um, look, um, so people, hopefully they're uh, this sounds bloody interesting and when and if it suits them, they, they're keen to be involved. How do people find out more? How do they get involved if, if they're looking to um, either supply an animal or a virtual um, animal?
1: Um, either visiting our website, which is meettheneed.org, or jumping onto our social media. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, just at meettheneed, meet as in E-N-E-A.
2: Yeah, and just don't be don't be scared to give us a call. There's an 0800 number on the um, on the uh, website. You'll, you'll probably end up getting passed through to me, and uh, and we'll have a big uh, chat about it. We're running a pretty lean ship here, and um we don't yeah. we don't see the need to have a whole lot of overheads and and that sort of thing. Um, so you'll get a you'll get a good farmer response, and um and uh and yeah, and we'll work out the best way to make it work for for you. One of the, one of the cool things that's come out of this actually is that we've had a number of Situations where, for whatever reason, it just hasn't hasn't worked uh, uh, Last week, for example, there was a farmer in uh, Palmerston North who who's got a couple of bulls with uh, horns are too big and they're too wild to get in the yards. You reckon, you know? And and we we're oh, able to yeah. um, we we're able to then use a home cook as an example there to uh, to get that meat into a into a um a food bank cl- quite close to them. So um so we're really um welcoming to those kind of options as well. Um. You know, it adds a bit of work, but on the other hand, you know, our, our vision is to kind of make sure no one in New Zealand goes hungry, and and if if that's how we do it, then that's how we do it. It might be, you know, not following our normal path, but um,
0: yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I think um, yeah, you mentioned how COVID for a wee bit of a spanner in the works in the planning, but uh, if some of the um forecasts are even partly are partly true, then um, the the, the the demand may be about to significantly increase over the next wee while as so New Zealand sort of recovers with the the impacts and the effects on our economy. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, um, I think we've covered it off. We'll put those links in, in the blurb. We'll um, put some links to the social media stuff as well so people can uh, find out more about it, go to the website, or if need be, as you say, Wayne, give you a call. But um, before we wrap it up, anything else? We missed anything or anything else you wanted to, to cover off? or we'll let people know.
1: Yeah, Wayne's going to talk about what we're going to do next.
0: All right, plan B already.
2: Okay. There we go. It's really curveball. Cool. Um, now, well,
1: first,
2: yeah, first first of all, can I just say um uh, thankful uh, thank you to all the that they have donated and the and the messages of support and whatnot that have come in. Uh that's that's been a really um humbling experience. And you know when you when you do something that's a bit a bit out of the box like this, um you never know quite how it's gonna go. And so um yeah, I think Sean and I are both both pretty thankful of um of just how much support it's got, which is great. So, so thanks to all the farmers for, um, and not just farmers actually, to to everyone that's got behind it. It's been um, been great. Um, obviously when when we talk about meat, there's the farmers that start talking about milk or or grain, or uh, there's been a few offer us some honey. Um, yeah, there's a bit of everything kind of comes into it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know we've we've just set up a supply chain here where where the farmer gives a little, the processor gives a little the distributor gives a little win and we end up with, you know, no one going hungry. And uh and so yeah, there'll be plans to I think move across the primary sector a little bit more and we're, we're really excited about what opportunity that's gonna bring. Um I think it's gonna it's gonna be great for the yeah the primary sector in itself. So what you're looking for Shabon?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Oh, hey, no, we look forward to A, seeing how Meet the Need goes and then uh, how Meet the Need and three veggies maybe if you're putting the whole uh, supply chain together goes at some stage. So, Hey, look, I think on that stage we, we probably will wrap it up. Um, uh, Wayne Langford, Siobhan O'Malley, who are uh, the principals, the people behind Meet the Need, Farmers Feeding New Zealanders, thank you very much for your time. As I say, keep an eye out on their social media for updates, some of the things they're talking about and how it goes. And follow the the link in the the blurb at the end there to go and um, join in or or, or help out if you can. So, Siobhan, Wayne, thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Aaron. Thank you.